Someone said old age is when you've got it all together, but can't remember where you put it. Um, the thing is, for some of you, I might be able to do that joke next week because you won't remember it as well. So, well, we'll see how it goes. But today we are going to be talking about an 85-year-old man, Caleb. Um, and it is actually, for me, I kind of break the story of Caleb into two parts. And this is the second part of his story. And I, I love Caleb in, in the Old Testament. He is a character that is very bold in his faith. And, and the opposition that is in front of him, both when he was a young man and an old man, it was so small compared to how he saw God and the promises of God. And that's what we're going to be talking about today. But Caleb was 85. Some of you, um, like, there are days at the moment I feel like I wake up a lot older than I probably am. And I'm going, I'm not sure what I'm going to feel like when I'm 85. Some of you are probably a lot closer to that age of going, I don't even know what it's going to be like when I'm 85. Like, um, but the, um, but the thing is, like, what you need to realize is this, this sermon is not for senior citizens only. Um, but today we're going to be talking about how being obedient, serving God, and this is the thing we're going to be looking at today, the reasons that we look for to get out of that. See, Caleb actually, he had reasons. I think when you get to 85, you, you probably have deserved rest by that point in time. You deserve to, to be able to sit down. And what we'll find in this passage is that Caleb actually said, no, no, I want to go fight still. I want to still go do the will of God. I want to still go up and, and claim the promises of God. Ephesians 2.10 says, For we are God's handiwork created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. Now, one of the things when you look at that verse, when you look at the whole passage, when it's talking about we, it is take, talking about all believers. It's not talking about the pastors. It's not talking about just the leaders. It's not talking about the musicians. It's not talking about like another sort of special group within the church. He's talking about all believers. For we are God's handiwork created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God has prepared in advance for us to do. So this is what you need to realize, that God has actually prepared good works for you to do. So if you don't do them, there is a chance they'll be left undone. That's a part of the challenge. But what we need to realize is that we are all called into service. Now, I'm going to emphasize this because, again, we look for ways to disqualify ourselves. But this is, this is who is called into service. Everyone who follows Jesus is called into service. Everyone who has been saved by Jesus is called into service. Everyone who is a Christian is called into service. And as I said, not everyone's called to be a pastor or a missionary, but everyone is called into service for the king and the kingdom. So what we need to realize as we set all that up today, there are barriers to serving God. There are barriers there. Some of you may have hit those barriers. Some of you may be stopped at those barriers right now. But there are barriers to serving God. The thing was, Caleb was a faithful example. But what if he wasn't? Where, where and why would have he stumbled if, if he was sort of going to look for a reason to not follow God? And, and I suppose in, in saying that, where do we stumble when it comes to being obedient? I think one of our, our first barriers can be our past experience. Now, when I say that, I'm not, I'm not sort of saying 
um, it's all bad or it's all good or it's... Sometimes we, we let our past sort of define what we do. Um, and Bob Dylan famously sort of said, I, I followed Jesus for three years and then I stopped because that's, that's, that's the time that Jesus served and he only taught and, and, and preached for three years, so that's all I'm going to do. He also gave his life and, and actually continues to work in our life, but Bob Dylan didn't see that part of it. Joshua 14, 6 and 7, um, and it's got Caleb speaking here. So remember what the Lord said to Moses, the man of God, about you and me when we were at Kadesh Barnea. I was 40 years old when Moses, the servant of the Lord, sent me. So Joshua is actually looking back more than half his year ago, half his life ago. He's now 85. He was looking back to when he was 40. Now, the thing is, even before that, what was Caleb? Before he was, um, was a spy, what was he? Anyone want to take a shot at that one? Don't think too hard about it. What were all the Israelites? They were slaves. So he's been born into slavery. That's the beginning of his life. He's then sort of fled the country and, and, and with all that and become sort of the nation of Israel. And they get to the promised land, which has been what they've been looking forward to, enters into the promised land, spies it out, comes back with these great reports. And everyone says, yeah, the land is fantastic, but it's got this wee little problem of big giants. Now, does anyone remember Caleb's response? This is one of the reasons I love Caleb. Anyone remember his response? Well, it was, it's even more direct. Let's go up and do it now. So all the, all, the, all the other ten spies are saying there's giants, we can't do it. And, and as soon as they sort of say there's giants, Caleb's response, let's go up and do it now. Like... There's giants, but again, Caleb saw his God as being bigger. He's brought us out of Egypt. He's brought me out of slavery. He's bringing me into the promised land. And and we know the story. Ten of the spies turned the nation of Israel against that plan. And all of a sudden, that generation is condemned to walk 40 years in the desert until such time as they die and the next generation is is uh, going to the promised land. But Joshua and Caleb are granted um, a pass because of their faithfulness. That being said, 45 years ago, 45 years is a long time. That's, that's even longer than I've been alive yet. Next year, I can't say that. But right now, I can say that. 45 years is longer than I've been alive. And the thing is, I look back even five years ago, I said, I wish I'd done that then. I can't do that now. Um, I, I, wish I, I wish I'd done that like 20 years ago. I wish I'd invested in Google like when I was, knew what Google was. Like all these things you look back and go, I wish I'd done that then, but it's not going to be possible now. Caleb could have very easily done that. As he walked up to Joshua, he said, Joshua, I know God promised me this land, but hey, um, I might have to send my family up. I might have to do it or you might have to do it for me because I just can't do it anymore. I'm 85 years old. And he could have looked back with disappointment. Sometimes our past disappoints us and we, we hold on to that disappointment. We go, oh, I can't ever escape that mistake I made or, or that time I went through, that painful experience. Caleb could have said, I was 40, I had time, I had energy, I could have done it then, but maybe not now. But again, that's not Caleb's response. It, it might have been our response. If, if you insert yourself into that story, what would have you said to, to Joshua? What would have you believed about God? And our past experience, again, can be obstacles. It can be unrealized dreams. 
Anyone ever had a dream that they went, I wish I'd done that when I was 15 or 20 or 25 and I didn't do that and it's likely not going to happen in my life now? Missed opportunities and we, we have that phrase in our head, I could have done it then but not now. But then Joshua says in verse 8 of chapter 14, he says, but my brothers who were with me frightened the people from entering the promised land. But for my part, I wholeheartedly follow the Lord my God. That phrase sets up, um, I suppose, moving into the the next um, barrier. So the first barrier is our past experience. And again, this can range. We can, it can be like, it can be bad church experiences that could be 20 years ago or six months ago. It could be bad work experiences. It could be bad family experiences. It could be bad marriage experiences. It could be a whole lot of different things that we actually let us, we let them prevent us from following God. And what we're saying here is that Caleb went, my past does not dictate my future. The 45 years that I've waited to get to here haven't destroyed me going forward into God's promises. And so the next barrier that we face is our current circumstance. So Caleb looked back, he was 40 years old, he could have done it then, he was ready to do it then, he was, he was pumped up to do it then. His current circumstance, we see this in, in chapter 14, in verse 10b. Today I am 85 years old. That's his circumstance. Like, I'm going, again, I'm, I'm worried for myself. Like, I, I'll, be, I'll be talking to some of you um, less young people than myself, and you'll be talking about bodily aches, and I'm going... I've got some of them now. I'm going, I'm, I'm worried for myself. I'm in 85. I could be really struggling. And so that's, that's Caleb's current circumstance. Today I am 85 years old. Happy birthday to you. You got to struggle to blow out those candles. There's so many of them. But what's, what's your excuse right now? What's your obstacle right now? What's the current situation for you? It could be, I am too busy. I am too busy, God, to serve you. I'm too busy to do what you want me to do. Now, the thing is, this is, I want, I probably want to say that if God calls you to do something, God is fully aware of everything that you are doing. And now I'm going to be really clear. When God calls you to do something. Now, I may ask you to do something and you pray about it and go, no, God doesn't want me to do that. That's fine. But if God is calling you to do something and you say, I'm too busy, God knew how busy you were before he called you. God knew how like time poor you were. He might have knew how, how tired you were, because that could be, like, I'm too tired to serve you, God. Anyone here tired ever? So some people are too tired to put their hands up, like um, that's how tired we are. The, the, the circumstance in front of us could be too hard, God. Look at the problem in front of me. It's too hard, God. I can't do that. I'm just waiting for blank. I'm just waiting to know more about God. I'm just waiting to know more about the Bible. I'm just waiting for something to open up in my life and then I'm going to be ready to say, yes, God. And I will tell you that blank will change over the years. I'm now I'm too, I'm just waiting for this. I'm waiting for the kids to leave home. I'm waiting for, for this to happen now. I'm waiting for my energy to come back after the kids left home. It won't come back. It's gone forever. I'm just waiting for 
becomes our excuse for saying, God, no, I'm going to say no. I'm not ready yet. God, I need more time. You need to do more miraculous things in my life. Either zap me so that I'm perfect or you're going to have to just wait a little bit longer. Meanwhile, we don't do anything to help. We're waiting for God to do his transformational work all by himself and we'll sort of invest in all those little things that we shouldn't be investing in. So when when I'm perfect, God, when I'm ready, when you've equipped me with all the skills in the world, I'm going to put my hand up. I'm going to be the best musician, speaker, handyman, like kids ministry, youth person, all wrapped up in one. I'm going to do it all, God, but when I'm ready. The thing is, if Caleb said that, I'm not ready yet, he doesn't have that much time left to be ready. I've just got to grow a little bit more. Or maybe because we don't believe in God, we actually say this, God, you couldn't use me. Do you know that's actually a faith statement? It's not a self-doubt statement. It's a faith statement that you were making about God because we're saying, God, you can use anyone but me. Now, if you're saying that in your head, you're probably looking around and going, yeah, God can use anyone in this church but me. That means God is not big enough to use you. In fact, not to insult anyone, because I'm throwing myself under the bus right here, but God actually specializes in using ill-equipped and unprepared people. So I fall into that ill-equipped, unprepared people. God actually sort of thrives in using that. Look, look through the scripture. Like, Look at the people that God shows at times. You just go to the disciples, like I'm going, like I read this one thing one time where they, they sort of said the one person that would have been employed by a church today using the standards that we use in churches would have been Judas because he was good with money, he was good sort of a manager. Like we would have looked at the other disciples and we wouldn't have let him through the door. But God specialised in that. So when we say, God, you can't use me, we're saying God is not big enough. But what was Caleb's response? So we see in verse um, 10, today I'm 85 years old. That's his current circumstance. That's his current barrier. But then we see in verse 11, I'm as strong now as I was when Moses sent me on that journey 45 years ago. I can still travel and fight as well as I could then. Why? Because he rested in who God was. He rested in God's strength. You actually see, I think it was in verse, uh, earlier in verse 10 saying, like, God has kept me alive. That was one of the sort of the qualifications for Caleb. Because God has kept me alive, I'm ready. And if you are sitting here today, guess what? God has kept you alive. Please don't die during the service, okay? Like, it'll really bring the servant down, but, and we don't, we don't want you to go yet. So like, don't do any of that, but, if you are alive, God has kept you alive. God has got work for you to do. So we've got our past experience. We've got a current circumstance that can be barriers. But then literally we've got the mountain in front of us. The mountain in front of us. Joshua fourteen twelve says, Give me the flat country. No. Give me the valley country. No. Give me the hill country. The mountains that the Lord promised me. Now, again, who here likes looking at a view from the top of a mountain? Who likes walking up that mountain? Some days it's worth it. Like, some days you kind of go, oh, yeah, this is not good. This is not fun. Like, God, I'm glad there's a view at the top because, like, I wouldn't be doing this otherwise. But the thing is, 
So give me this hill country that the Lord has promised me. And we're going to be fighting uphill. You will remember that as scouts we found the descendants of Anak living there with great walled towns. So we're going to be walking up towns, facing and conquering walled towns. Um, but then on top of it all, it's not written there, but Anak were giants. Let's just throw it all in there. So when I say there was a mountain in front of Caleb that God was moving him into, it was definitely a barrier. But what was the first phrase? Give me the hill country. Give me the hill country, Joshua. Let me go and do it. And Caleb's response to that challenge in front of him, we see in the second part of verse 12. But if the Lord is with me, I will drive them out of the land just as the Lord said. Caleb doesn't say, if my arm is strong enough, if my, if my family fight really well, if we outthink our enemies, if, if we do all that we can and strategize and market and, and do all these different things, if we get more people than them, or if we, we find some kind of chink in their armor, no, he says, if the Lord is with me, I will drive them out of the land just as the Lord has said. Now, this is an absolute true statement. If God calls you to something, and you follow him, if you are obedient to go where he's called you, God will definitely be with you. There is nowhere that God will call you that he doesn't go before you and with you throughout that situation. There are times when we go places that God doesn't want us to go. But if God calls you, if he draws you to serve him, he is definitely going to be with you. Now, the thing is, for some of us, the mountain in front of us, it may be different from everyone else. We may have some people that the mountain in front of us is health. That's our mountain. That's the one we've got to overcome. And and the thing is, if God is going to call you sort of to go through that, he is going to be with you through that. He will give you the strength to do what he has asked you to do. For some some, some of us, it's, it's coping with the life situations that we're in. Again, God doesn't call us to sort of stop in the middle of life. He he calls us to go through it and he will be with you. It could be something brand new that God is calling you to. Now, for some of that, that's exciting. Something brand new. For some of that, like, whoa, no, that's not fun at all, God. I'm used to the comfort. I'm used to the aircon. I'm used to the, like, I know where everything is. Don't change my life, God. But God says, I'm calling you to something brand new. Now, there's a reason why all this is in place, though, because like even with, with Caleb, when we look at the big picture of it, when he was going to take the hill country, he was going to be expanding the kingdom of Israel. The, the, well, what would become the kingdom of Israel? And so when God calls us, wherever that is, now, again, I haven't really been clear on that, but it could be talking to a next-door neighbour. It could be ministry to an encouraging way to people around you. It might mean, do you know what? I'm going to give this crack at helping out in youth group or Sunday school. Or do you know what? I want to serve in a way around the church. Or maybe God is actually calling me to go over to Solomon Islands and, and, and minister over there as well. It could be a whole range of things. And, and this is the thing. God calls us to small and big things. Don't just think that I'm waiting for the call for God to go do something amazing. Like... The thing is, if you live your life sharing your faith to the people that came across your path, and you led, if you led one person to Christ a year, doesn't sound like a lot, and then you live to 85, so let's take off maybe the first 10, there would be 75 people that would come to know Jesus. 
Not that pride is the thing, but I would be so happy if I could say that about my life. I've led 75 people to Christ. And that's just one person here. That's a small thing that we can do on a regular basis. It may be something massive. It may be something inside the church. It may be something outside the church. But do you know what? I'm okay with that because God calls. God calls us. But what we need to understand is that there are rewards for serving God. Going back to verse 9 of chapter 14, this is what Caleb is remembering. So that day, Moses, so that 45 years ago, that day Moses solemnly promised me the land of Canaan on which you were just walking will be your grant of land and that of your descendants forever because you wholeheartedly followed the Lord my God. There are going to be spiritual grants of land that God has given you when we wholeheartedly follow him. And what that looks like, again, is going to be different. It might mean that God financially blesses you for a season, or it might be God sort of makes a way into a a new opportunity or even a new location. Again, I don't want you to leave, but if God calls you to go somewhere, you better do it. It might mean that you try something brand new. It might mean that there's something that God has laid especially on your heart that he wants you to do. And I'm going to tell you right up front, if you come up and go, I think God wants us to do this as a church, I will go, that is great. Let me know when it gets started. If God puts something on your heart, he wants you involved. He wants you involved. If he's not bringing it to me, he wants you to be involved. And again, there might be other people that come in and help, but he wants you to be involved in doing that. And do you know what? In this church, there are people who are gifted and passionate in areas where I am not. And God is going to call you to minister in the areas that I cannot. And so if you sort of sit on your hands, there are going to be people and places that we cannot reach because we aren't all doing where, going where God has called us to go. But some of the rewards of serving God is that we end up knowing God's supply. Caleb knew the strength of God even at 85. He knew that God was going to make a way for him. I know that I can rest in God's strength. I am as strong today at 85 as I was when I was 40. And I'm ready to travel. I'm ready to fight. I know God's supply. We will experience God's victory. Now, this becomes really important because if we are unwilling to follow where God wants us to go, we will never experience the outcome of God's working in that situation. We'll only ever see God sort of through the experiences through others. Oh, that was great when he worked in Caleb's life. It was great when he worked in Moses' life. Great when he worked in David's life. We need to be able to say, it was great when God worked in my life. I can praise him for that experience. I was there. I saw God at work. I saw him doing this and I saw him doing that. I was there. I can praise the God that I worship because of that. We'll experience the victory of God. And one of the rewards of serving God is that God's kingdom will grow. As Caleb walked up that mountain with his family, I can imagine him leading the way. I can imagine some of these young guys struggling to keep up because God would have just empowered him that little bit extra. And there probably would have been a little bit of pride there, Caleb, going, okay, we're going to beat you guys up the top. I'm going to take the first city by myself. You guys can get the rest of them. But because of what Caleb did, he took that land for Judah And even when we look at that historically, from Judah came Jesus, 
came David. All of a sudden, it has a flow-on effect for that. If Caleb had been unfaithful, unwilling even, if we don't want to say unfaithful, unwilling, I'm unwilling to follow you, God, what would have happened? So, are you ready to thrive at 85? Or thrive at whatever obstacles are in your way? Maybe it's something in your past that you need to let God overcome. Maybe you need to remember right here in the present, these are the things holding me back and I'm going, God is aware of each one of those. So as you get before God and pray and you try and sort of come up with excuses before him, much like Moses did, God is fully aware. He's either going to equip you to to overcome those difficulties in front of you. It might be the fact that he wants you to let go some of those difficulties or he might just go, you know what, I'm bigger than these. I'm going to supply extra strength for you. And we get to that, we get through that barrier and then we go, oh, wait a second, God, I've just realized where you're calling me to go. And again, we can step up and say, oh God, that's too big. I actually thought you were asking me to do something really, really tiny. No, God, God, if God calls us to something, God will definitely supply our need. So let's receive the rewards of serving God. Let's see his kingdom grow. Let us know the supply of God's strength in our life and let us experience God's victory for ourselves. Lord, we thank you that you are a God who knows exactly where we are and you are a God who wants to see your kingdom grow in the world in which we live. And and the thing is, your kingdom will grow in small steps as well. It will grow in our neighbourhoods, it will grow in our families, it will grow in our workplaces, it will grow around us. And God, I pray that you would continually sort of show us and call us to where you want us to be. And I pray that we would let go of any barriers that hold us back from serving you where you've called us that we would be able to step forward and that we would be able to sort of know the joy of serving you, to know the experience of your victory, to know your daily supply of strength and wisdom and grace and joy and peace and hope that you want to give to us as we seek to set our feet after you. And we know that it's not going to be without difficulty. When you called Caleb, you called him to go up a mountain. You called him to face giants. But again, you went before him. And as Caleb said, as long as the Lord leads, we will do this. And so let us believe more and more in you and where you call each one of us. And let not one of our reasons or obstacles stand in the way of being faithful in our obedience to you. We pray this in your name. Amen. Amen. 